You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Pastor Helen, do I take the vaccine or not? Am I allowed to take the vaccine? Are you going to take the vaccine? What are you going to do? Now, these are a number of questions that have come my way. And for those that may be listening to this message many, many years from now, this year is 2021. (laughs) 2021. We are right now in July 2021, 4th of July. And should the Lord tarry and I go via the grave, and somebody finds this message stuck on a computer somewhere in some of the archives and they dig it up, whatever. This message is still going to be as necessary in 2121 because it's a timeless message. At the moment, we as a nation and as a world have been going through a pandemic. It was the COVID-19 virus that somehow got out and into society and has devastated many, many lives. Many, 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 many people have lost their lives, died as a result of this disease, and our heart bleeds for every single one of them. We, we, our, our, we, when I, don't, I don't mean our physical hearts. We're talking about we, we feel for each and every family, and it's a devastating thing to go through. Uh, Not only that, because of the lockdown, as a result, society was asked to minimize movement. There was a place where we would all be in total lockdown. We weren't allowed to go anywhere. Businesses closed. It went on for many, many, many months. And as a result of that, people lost businesses. They had to sell premises, sell equipment, sell just, just to get through life. And as a result, lost their their income, and that caused devastation. Uh, As a result of that, it seems like hopelessness. It's what, where where do we go from here? What's going to happen? How much longer is this going to take place? And that has an emotional strain. And I was just talking with Pastor Danny, and he mentioned that there's a statistic that the suicides amongst young people have gone up fivefold, five times what's normal. How can that be? Surely the young people are, they're the ones that are going to live life and they have a future. But when you go, hang on, this has been two years and when does it end? And no one really knows. Because is it another month? Is it another 12 months? Is it another two years? Because when it started, we were going to lock down for two weeks. And then it became two months. And then it's a year. And, and then a year and a half later. And then two years later. So who really knows when this is going to end? So all this... This worry and this anxiety, and, and there's so much that's coming in through television and internet. And someone says, "Have you seen this video? Have you seen that video? And uh, are you going to take it?" Uh, but I don't think you should. And uh, maybe it's you know, is this the mark of the beast? Is the Antichrist taking over the world? Is uh, who is the Antichrist? It could be this person because this person has this kind of influence. And there's so much out there noise. And who do you listen to? This doctor says do this. This doctor says don't. They say this medication works. This one says it doesn't. Uh, uh, This is in the vaccine. This one says it's not. 
where, what, what, where? There's so much noise and so much, what do I do? And it's that lack of knowledge. Hosea 4, 6, my people perish. They lose vision is what another scripture says because of a lack of knowledge. And if I don't know what my tomorrow holds, why wake up in the morning? Why do I? What's the point? Why get up early if there's nothing happening today? And so these are very real issues we need to address. And the only way to address it, family of God, is from the Word of God. See, Jesus did say in John chapter 16, verse 33, He says, These things I have spoken to you that. Get a hold of that. Everything Jesus tells us is for a reason. He knows what we're going to go through. So when He gives us instruction and He gives us counsel and insight, it's for a purpose. He says, I've taught you so much. And here's the reason. That in me, you may have peace. Everybody say peace. Now we know the word peace in the Hebrew language. Uh, Yahweh, looking at the New Testament, and the New Testament wasn't in Hebrew. is mainly Greek and some of it's Aramaic. But the word peace, Jesus, as a Jewish person, would have used the Jewish understanding of peace, and it's the word shalom. Shalom is not just a greeting. It is a declaration. It is a blessing that comes forward. And that blessing, that spoken word, shalom, means wholeness, completeness, preservation, protection, deliverance. Uh, really, the, the full understanding of it can be summarized this way. Nothing missing, nothing broken. It's a total rest, knowing that God has you. God's got you covered. God's protecting you. God has saved you for a reason. God will supply your every need. God has healed you. It's that resting, knowing I'm fully looked after, that in me you will have peace. Now listen to this. In the world you might have tribulation. <laughs> Is that what it says? No. What does it say? In this world, you will have tribulation. Oh, now, Jesus, I bind those words in the name. Of, hang on. Jesus is speaking. How are you going to bind his words in the name of Jesus? <laughs> How do you realize Jesus is not somebody who's going to talk negatively just for negative speaking? Because he himself taught you have what you say. And if he says in this world, you will have tribulation, he's not cursing us and saying, now that I've said it, you're going to have tribulation. All he needed to do is just say, listen, don't worry, you'll never have tribulation. Then we'll never have tribulation. Now, what's he saying? You've got to understand in this world, there is a devil. And he's the, called the God of this world. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And Paul was talking about when you, when you, because of that, the minds are blinded, but we understand that when you're born again, those scales are removed. And that's where the word says you're not, you're not of the world. You may be in the world, but you're not of the world. So understand this, that even though you're born again, your spirit man's born again, you are living in the kingdom of God. You have all of God's kingdom available to you. All of heaven's resources are yours, but we're still living in a world that's, that's influenced by the curse. 
It's like saying if you're in the sea, you're going to get wet. Does that make sense? So Jesus is saying in the world, you will have tribulation. In other words, if you are alive and breathing, something's going to happen. That's called tribulation. But listen to this. But be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. It doesn't matter what happens. I want you to look at it with a different attitude to what other people look at it. So when things happen, and they're going to happen, people will get despondent, people will get depressed, people will panic, people will get into fear. But he says, not you. You can be of good cheer. Now, good cheer is really an old English way. We don't use that much today. You know, we don't tell people now, just be of good cheer. Now, what are we talking about? Be positive. Be excited. Be happy. Be uplifted. Be of a right attitude. Now, how can you say that, Jesus? Because you said we're in the middle of tribulation. So what's happening? How, how are we supposed to handle this? He says, why? Because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Family of God, tonight I want to talk to us about the power to overcome fear. Because it's very real. It's out there. And sometimes I'll hear, I've, I've even heard preachers say, I'm not going to name any names because it's not a criticism. But it's something we need to be aware of. I've heard people say we must embrace our fears. How do you deal with fear? Just accept that you are afraid. And, I'm, and I, from the Word of God, I'm not prepared to do that because all the way, if you read the Scriptures, uh, I did a little, you know, you got these electronic Bibles today, you can post, you can type in there to search anything. I put in there, do not fear, and I was amazed. It was page after page after page. It's all over the Bible. Do not fear, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. Now, when God says something, that's an instruction. Amen. And so if Jesus is giving, and it came out of his mouth as well, do not fear. Because that fear will stop faith from working. In fact, you have a look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 3. Paul writes to his disciple and he says, I thank God whom I serve, verse 3, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. Notice he's praying for his disciple every day. I pray for you every day. Know that your pastor does pray for you every day. And he says, I pray without ceasing. I remember you. And I greatly desire to see you being mindful of your tears. So evidently, Timothy has now spoken to Paul and in tears, it's come to Paul's knowledge that Timothy is in a, in a, in a situation where he is worried. And he's crying. And you're going to see now there's a reason for it. And, he, and, and, and he's being challenged. And you can keep reading, and, and I'll, I don't have time to study it all out, but you'll see where he says, do not allow anyone to despise your youth. Timothy was a young man, and theologians put him between the age of 19 and 21, and yet he was pastoring one of the biggest churches in the world at the time, a massive church in Ephesus. And as this young pastor when he says, don't let people despise your youth, 
That means the older people, because I know what it's like. I've, I've been through it myself. When we planted the church, I wasn't even 21. I was already in my 30s and we planted the church. And I had people coming up like, well, you, you're so young. Where's, where, you know, we need an older pastor. I don't want an old pastor. I want a pastor who's teaching the word. I don't care if he's 17, as long as he's teaching the word of God. And so Paul says, now, don't let people get on you because you're young. Because now we'll see why. Because here's the thing. That started challenging Timothy. He was under this pressure. It was bothering him. And Paul says, yeah, I remember you greatly desiring to see you. being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. You're a man of faith. And he says, yeah, it dwelt first in your grandmother, Lewis, and your mother, Eunice. And I'm persuaded that same faith is in you. Why? Train up a child in the way he will go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. So he had grandmother and mother walking him in faith. And now Paul, the apostle Paul, is his pastor and his discipler. And he's discipling young Timothy. And he says here, verse 6, Therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind listen to what he said God has not given us a spirit of fear family fear is a demonic spirit there's a demonic spirit behind fear no ways am I going to embrace fear. What, hug a demon? No, not me. But God has given us a spirit of power, that's the Holy Spirit, of love, God is love, and of a sound mind. See, when you know God, there's a sound mind, and He says it's in you. Now, I can't do anything more for you. Your grandmother taught you faith. Your mother taught you faith. I've laid hands on you, but you need to stir it up. Did you get that? You need to stir it up. Family of God, I can only teach you so much. But at the end of the day, when that tribulation hits, when that tribulation hits, I can pray for you, but I can't stand in the way of that thing. Every one of us have to face the enemy that attacks our own lives. Even our children had to learn that. When they're young and they're in our household, we fought the fight of faith for them many, many times. But the day came when they faced their own battles and they realized they cannot rely on the faith of daddy anymore. Daddy still prays for them every day the same way. But they have to stand and walk their walk of faith. They have to hear the word to build faith. They have to walk with God to hear His voice for their direction, for their life. And each one of us, and that's Paul saying, he says, now listen, God's given you love, power, and a sound mind. And the sound mind is what I want to focus on today because what is fear? Fear is dropping a seed that brings confusion. And the moment there's confusion, fear can show up. It'll start to take root. If, if I start to think, but is it this or is it that? See, when I know something's right. How many have ever been on a highway 
And as long as that highway has one road and you saw the last sign that says this road is the way to your destination, I mean, you got your foot on the accelerator, you're not even concentrating and you listening to music, you watching the road to make sure you stay safe, but you don't care because the road's got you. You just have to follow this road. But how many of you have ever been into a foreign town or even a foreign nation? I mean, when I first got to the United States, I had to learn to drive on the left of the car on the, the other side of the road and everything's now left is right and right is left and you've got to check the right direction and that's bad enough just getting when you pull out of a car park to make sure am I on the right side yet because you don't want to be heading down the road and find out oh I'm on the wrong side so your mind's overworking do you know what happens when you come into a highway and I mean, they've got what they, they call spaceship highways. I don't know if you've seen it. It's just like uh, you've got uh, uh, huge big signs and all of a sudden you take this off-ramp and there's six different directions and your mind's going, which one do I take? And you've got to make sure you're in the right lane so you hit the right one. And if you miss it, you are off on a tangent and now you're driving down a highway and you don't even know how to get back to that road again. Thank God for GPS today. That you can say recalculating. But we didn't have that in the early days. It was all on a paper map. Now you know the panic that happens when you're coming up and, and, and Janine's got the map in her round. And I'm saying, which road, which right, left, right. And she's like, I'm looking at her fingers. Do you understand? That, that confusion that comes in is because there's so many options. The enemy knows that. And so what happens, if you know the Word of God and you secure on the Word, that's where he came to Adam and said, are you sure? Is there an alternative? God wants you to do this, but if you went this way, it could it be better? And that's just two options. And Adam lost creation because he chose the second option. And you've got to understand that. that that's, what, that's where fear comes from. It's easy when I know what to do. Just, and just tell me what to do and I can do it. But what if it's not the right decision for you? It could be the right decision for me. But the moment there's a second option and a third option, there's the fear. That's when we start to panic and we wonder, and the enemy will stir that. He'll make sure if he sees that you're looking at everything, he will make sure there's even more options. He knows we're looking around. He'll start to offer everything. As long as we're biting, he will keep offering those options. And Paul is saying, yeah, no, you need to recognize that you have a sound mind. You need to focus. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 13. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. Can I put some words in there? This is, from, this is me interpreting for you. If you live according to conspiracy theories, you can die. <laughs> if you live according to the internet experts, you could die. Because anything you want to believe, it's in the internet. I've said this to a number of people just in the last week, is that, you know, you can choose to believe anything, be it fairies, ride unicorns. You Google it, you will find somebody with proof of it. Anything you want to believe, you'll find proof of it. So who do I believe? Because everybody today is now a medical expert. Have you noticed? All, well, not everybody, almost everybody, all your keyboard warriors. They all know this is the way. And even doctors, like I said at the beginning, you've got doctors that say this, another doctor comes up and says that. 
So which doctor do I believe now? I don't know what the doctor is, where he comes from, what's his education. Is he even a doctor? He says he is. Is he? Is she? I don't know. So as long as I'm, I want to do that, I could land up self-medicating and kill myself. Because they said, if you drink this, it will fix you. But what is that? I don't know what the complications are, what the implication, what does it do? Does it, I could be on another prescribed medication that this thing actually interacts with and hurts me. So for me to tell you, do this, would be totally irresponsible. Because I don't know what your doctors told you. I don't know what medication you're on. I don't know if, you, if your body can handle it. They've even now got uh, studies where depending on your blood type, whether you're O positive, O negative, A, whatever it is, there's certain foods that work in one person's body, but it does something negative in another person's body. Isn't that interesting that I can eat something that makes me healthy, but you eat it and it causes a complication. That's a reality. So if somebody is uh, lactose intolerant or whether they, they have a problem with, with, with uh, gluten or whatever, some people can eat bread and not even affect them. But somebody else it could have a negative effect. So now, do, can you eat bread? Can you eat bread? Can a person eat bread? Probably yes, but will it affect you? So we, you're getting what I'm saying. What I'm trying to show you is as long as we only look at the natural says yeah if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live for as many as are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god as many as are led by the spirit not by the internet not even by your pastor by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. Now listen to this. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. What's Abba? That's Daddy. You have a Daddy who knows what you need. He loves you. He wants the best for you. And he says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Notice, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, he says, the Spirit bears witness. How does the Spirit lead us? By bearing witness. Now, I've asked you, how many of you believe you're born again? Your hand would have gone up. You say, yes, I know. How do you know that? Have you seen your name written in the Lamb's book of life? No. How do you know you're born again? You can sense it in your heart. No one can talk you out of it. I know that's true for me. Someone came to me and said, Pastor, I don't really think you're saved. What? I know him. I walk with him. I know by my spirit. What's that? He bears witness. There's a, there's a yes in me that no one can talk me out of. And that's how we are led in every area. Notice he's talking here about not giving into fear. So how do I make sure I don't let fear make my decision for me? Is I need to make sure, even if I know, let me, let me rephrase that slightly. Even if decision A is the correct decision, but I do it out of fear, it's still wrong. Because the Bible says, what never is not of faith is sin. You can do the right thing and still be in sin. Because it was done in fear. 
So it's not about whether it's right or wrong. Did God lead you to do that? Because if God tells me to do something, I'm going to obey Him. And if I obey Him, it'll be the right decision every time. Say amen. See, Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Why? They're not yet born again. However, when He, the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. Now, He won't speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He's going to guide you into the truth. Have a look at chapter 14, John 14, verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you how many things? All things. And He'll bring to your remembrance how many? All things that I said to you. So yeah, we get Jesus saying the Holy Spirit is going to guide you into truth. He's going to remind you what you've been taught. He'll show you the future, and He's going to lead you into those things accurately, according to the Word of God. And verse 27, listen to this now. Peace I leave with you. He says, if you can get this concept that the Holy Spirit is going to guide and lead you, you will be in a place of peace. And my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your heart let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Don't be in fear. Do not allow fear to make your decision. Because as long as we're panicking, we can land up making the wrong decision. And it can destroy us. But when you discover the Holy Spirit is the one who guides you into truth, then you know you're going to make the right decision. And Jesus says, if you do that, you'll be in peace. See, if I hear from the Holy Spirit, God says, yes, the world is doing X, but I don't want you to. I'm at peace. I will not do X. I don't care who comes to me with the best scientific proof. If God said no, it's no for me. I'm at peace. Yeah, but you this, and yeah, but you that. Doesn't bother me in the least, because you're not my judge, and I don't stand in front of you one day. I only stand in front of God, and I need to know I heard from Him. By the same token, if everybody that are believers, you've heard pastors and teachers of the Word of God say, this is right or this is wrong, we should not be doing that as the church. But I look at it and there's no scripture against it. There's no word that says thou shalt not. It's just something that's in the world now. And that's something we need to be doing. And God says, I'm giving you permission. I'm releasing you to do it. I'm doing it under the unction of the Holy Spirit. I'm at peace to do it. Nobody, even a pastor, can tell me you're wrong. I'm not talking about violating the word. If I break the word, tell me I'm wrong. I'm fine with that. I'm okay. I've had to be corrected on the word many times before, and the Holy Spirit's corrected me as well. I'm quick to repent. Why? Because I want to obey God. But if you can't give me scripture, yeah, it's written, thou shalt not. Well, then, just because the rest of the, the, not the whole rest, but some of the church think we shouldn't, I'm not put under pressure by that. See, at the end of the day, whether the church says yes or no, generally, and it's more a feeling and a general belief and that could be this, it could be that. I'm still going to go with 
what God leads me to do in my heart. Say amen. He says here, let your heart not be troubled. Don't be afraid. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Don't let anything put stress and pressure on you. But in everything, everywhere say in everything. Would that include whether I decide to have a vaccine or not? Would that be whether I decide to fall, not me, my, as a family, as a couple, we fall pregnant or not? That would be true whether we marry or not, before I'm married. That would be true if we're going to buy a house or not, change jobs. Come on, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. See, family God, the more we meditate on YouTube, the more YouTube will guide you into fear. Come on, how many of you ever been on a, on a YouTube spree? You know, I'm not getting on YouTube. It's just the, the, the one instrument. It can be on any kind. How many of you notice that you go look at a video, they say, having watched that video, you probably will like these. And so you click on one of those and you watch that. And very quickly, they pick up on a trend. Have you noticed how quickly that denigrates? It, it gets into all kinds of weird stuff very quickly. You've got to watch that, how that works. Why? Because this world system is built around fear, worry, anxiety. And that's what happens is as long as I start picking on this, picking on that, Google on, you know, what are the symptoms? What is the happens? What is, is the conspiracy? And if I look and read and if you keep meditating on the wrong things, we can very quickly go down a road that ends in fear. But what is Paul telling this church in Philippi? Listen, if you're going to let peace rule in your heart, you need to make a choice what you meditate on. You have to learn to cut out the conspiracies. Learn to, everybody's saying, have you seen this video? Hang on, how many of you had at least one video WhatsApp to you? <laughs> we all have regularly watched this one. What about this one? What about that one? And I've learned I, some of it I'll learn if, it's, if I see it's educating me, but if I get just two, three minutes into it and it's like, no, this is now fear, this is confusion, I'll shut it off. Why? Because I'm going to focus and I'm going to meditate on these things, the things that are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtue, praiseworthy. That, that, that's talking about the Word of God. Meditate the Word of God. Because if I'm meditating the wrong thing, I make the wrong decision. So, with all of that in mind, I told you there'd be the big reveal. Pastor Allen, are you taking the vaccine? You ready? I have more to say. 
There's a problem with the question. Are you going to take the vaccine? What is the vaccine? Because already there's more than one type. There's so many different types of vaccines. There's different makes, and each make is different. Pastor Allen, are you going to buy a car? Yes, but which car? You see, there's so many different makes out there. They all drive. They all get you where you need to be. But which car do I want to take? Which one is going to be right for me? I don't just go out and buy just any car. I want to even that. I will prayerfully consider, do I go ahead and buy this car? Even if it's the make that I like, do I buy that one off that floor? That one could have a flaw in it that in six months' time, something breaks and I have a major accident. God protects me. He says, I don't want you to buy that car. Well, I think he's trying to stop me from buying that make, no, that car. It could just be you can still buy the make in another car, the same make, but another showroom because that car was prepared and God watched over it and made sure that it was put together right for me. So it's not just can I buy a BMW? No, can I buy a Volkswagen or can I buy a Ford? Or No, that particular vehicle that I drive off, I need to know that I'm happy with that one. You getting this? I, I would go so far as to say that almost every one of us, almost everyone, probably almost everyone, has a kind of vaccine in us from when we were babies. So, he has another one. Already, I don't have a problem with vaccines. I don't think you do either, <laughs> unless it is for a particular reason. I've heard people say that, you know, they're, they're trying to control us. And, you know, and that's the other reason is that when you, a number of years back, I went to Kenya on a mission trip. And to go to Kenya, they check you at the border of Kenya. When you land in the airport, you have to have a yellow fever certificate. I had to be vaccinated against yellow fever and stamped on a card to get into Kenya. Now, was that them trying to control me? No, they're saying in this country, it's a threat. And so we need to know you protected before we let you in. I prayed. I had the release. So I went ahead and did that. Now, I know I don't need the vaccine. I truly believe that. Just like John G. Lake, when the bubonic plague hit, it didn't touch him. Even though people around him were being hurt, it didn't hurt him. I've been with people, both Janine and my son Joshua had COVID-19. And me, still t I even went for a test, a tested negative. Now, that's for no other reason than I believe the grace of God. I really believe my shield of faith is up and I'm able to withstand it. It also, in the natural, I may have an immune system that's different to theirs. And so God has prepared me in a way, but it doesn't mean he didn't prepare them. You understand what I'm saying? It, 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 different things affect different people differently. Could just be in the natural. The things, the way I eat, the way I exercise, what I do, I just had a regime that worked so that I wasn't affected at that moment. I could be there for my wife and help her even though she went through it. And we could stand in faith together. You see what I'm saying? So, 
do I need the vaccine? I don't know that. I personally, in my natural mind, can't say yes or no. Will the vaccine help me? In the natural, yes or no, I can't answer that. Uh, if I have to travel, and I do for the gospel, and it becomes a thing, we can't let you on the airplane without the vaccine. I will go to God and say, Father, now you asked me to travel. And so to get on the airplane, they're asking me to have a vaccine. Now, if you can translate me into that country, I'll do that. I won't take the vaccine if that's the way. But how do you know that if God says, go ahead and do it at that point, then I have his release to do it. I hope I'm, I'm, I know I'm throwing out a lot of variations. The reason what I'm saying, I hope you get this. The variables are too many for me to say to you, one person, yes, you must go, or no, you must not. And you can't decide to do it because Pastor Allen does or does not. <laughs> I hope that came across clearly. So the easy answer, the reveal, is there's not really a yes-no answer to it. And I know that's frustrating because all we want to do is get a yes-no, tell me what road to get on, and then I can just drive and not even think about where I'm going. No, when the highway shows up with six different exits, you have to know your destination to choose the right exit. Do you notice that when you get to those exits, people are going on each one? You can't just follow that car. I'm, I'm, I don't know which text I'm going to follow this car. You don't know where he's going. He could be going to the other side of town to where you're going. You have to know your destination. Now, how do you know your destination? The Holy Spirit knows where he's taking you, and he knows what will get you there, and he knows what will stop you. Why is it that one person takes the vaccine and they die? People have died tragically, and I don't make light of this. It really is tragic. And yet there are other people that have taken the vaccine and testify that even though they got the disease, it didn't even touch them. They got through it. Well, they're right there. Now, which one, which one do we go with? Now, if all we do is we focus on the fear of people having died, well, then I'll never take it. But maybe the person that decides not to take it then lands up getting the virus and then lands up dying, but they might not have died had they had the vaccine. Now, I'll use the again, <laughs> but a vaccine could have protected that person. And they decided they didn't take it because it killed this person, but now by them not taking it, it killed them anyway. Why? Because the decision was made in fear. My worst fear has come upon me. Isn't that what Job said? So how do I make sure that doesn't happen? Well, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are called in one body. Be thankful. That word rule is the word brabio. It means to be the umpire. Family God, the day you stand anywhere, be it in front of a banker, a loan officer, a company that's about to employ you, a doctor, a vaccine center, make sure that the peace of God, the umpire, the referee says, go ahead. And if that peace is not there, turn around and walk away. There's the easy reveal. I have a sense in my heart what I need to do. 
but I won't know till the day I step into that situation. I'm going to make sure that all along the way I'm making the right decision. But if at any moment the referee blows the whistle, I will change direction. I'll come back. Lord, I want the peace of God to rule in my heart. How do I do that? You step away from the confusion, silence all the voices, all the internets, all the articles, put it aside and meditate the word of God. Father, you lead me in peace. Jesus, you said in this world, there's going to be trouble, but I can rest because you've overcome the world and I'm trusting you that you will lead me to make the right decision. Now, I know it's going to take some work on your part, but that's the only place you're going to be in peace. And that's where you're going to make the right and accurate decision. That's how you overcome fear. Listen to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. You are of God, little children. And you've overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now come down to chapter 5, verse 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Now he says, if you're born of God, you overcome the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. What is that? Our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. What is faith? It's that which comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. What is God's word to you concerning your next decision? And if you're walking in faith, you overcome all fear, all worry, all anxiety. And then if you're in that place, no evil can touch you. Nothing will harm you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I pray that this has answered the question. I know it's not what many of us may have wanted to hear, a yes, no. But at the end of the day, this is true, as I said, for any decision you're going to make. This is going to help you in every single critical decision in your life. And it is a critical decision. And it needs to be made by faith. It's not just something you do because everybody else is doing it. I'm going because all my friends are going. I'm going because all of my work colleagues. I'm going. Even there, make sure it's in faith. And then by the same token, I'm not going because my church said they're not going. Well, the church shouldn't be saying that. It's not, a person can say, I'm not going. That's fine because that's where they've been led to. But it's important that you decide to do or not do because the Holy Spirit led you. You understand? And here's the thing. If anybody comes to me and says, I've decided to or I've decided not to, because I believe that what God's told me to do, I'll support you in that. I won't criticize anybody. I can't judge anybody whether it's right or wrong. It's still your decision. Amen. So don't let anybody else put condemnation on you. You walk in peace. Hallelujah. Love you, family. I want what's best for you. And as your pastor, I had to answer this, that you have the word on the issue so that you can make the right decision. I don't want to spend too much time more on this because I believe I have answered it, but it is important when we look ahead because when it comes up, things like 
you know, the mark of the beast, 666. Uh, is, what is that? Because we know that's coming. So do I do it? Do I not take it? Back in the early days, people thought the credit card was that. And then everybody's using the credit card and no one's going to help because they're using the credit card. Then they put uh, RF chip in the card. And that, now that's it now. And so how many understand that these things are going to happen? So when it faces me at the end of the day, do I or don't I? What is it? Because people say it's this or it's that. Here's the thing. I don't think for the devil to give you something that's going to cause you to lose your salvation, it's not, he's not going to be able to pull a fast one on you. You will know. That's what Jesus said. Those that believe will be saved. Those that don't believe will be condemned. You have to reject God to accept what Satan is offering. You will know what that is. See, we can just we can speculate. I think it's this and I think it's that because you can't buy a cell without it, blah, blah, blah. But that's been centuries. People try to work out the date when Jesus is coming. It's this date because of that. It's this date because of that. Here's the thing. I don't care what the date is. When the trumpet blows, I'm ready. But here's the thing I know is I will be ready. And if it doesn't happen in my lifetime, I'm going to the grave. And I know the moment I close these eyes, these natural eyes, I will open it and I'll be in the realm of the Spirit. And I know I'm headed for heaven. That's what you need to know. Be in that peace. So don't let confusion worry on being anxious or anything. Amen. Praise God. Just raise your hand and say, Father, thank you. You've blessed me with the word of God. And I've heard that word. And I am a believer. I'm not a doubter. And as I hear your word, I'm going to act on it. I'm a doer. And so I thank you that I hear your voice. I don't follow a stranger. Your peace rules in my heart. And every decision I make is guided by you. And I know you've overcome the world. You've overcome fear. You've given me your faith. And that faith enables me to overcome the world. And so today, I walk by faith. I refuse fear. I resist fear. No fear here. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but He has given me power, love, and a sound mind. And I keep that mind stayed on you, stayed on the Word of God, and you guide me and lead me into all truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give Jesus praise for His Word.